This is CliffCentral.com. You know, I actually did let it go. I was just fluffing so I could find Anthea's song. <laughs> yeah, constant professional. Good morning, Anthea. How are you today? Good morning, Ben. I'm well, thanks. I have a sports question. Yes. Can I ask? Yes. Why are some two sports called biathlons and other ones called duathlons? What's the difference? I mean, they're both two sport sports, if you know what I mean. Like a triathlon is three different sports yeah, in one. Anthea, don't come here with your cleverness. I, I don't know. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Swiftly, <laughs> I've never, I've never thought of that. It's a fantastic question. I will look up the answer for that for you. Okay. I don't have it off the top of my head. All right, we can laugh all we want, but the markets were a mess last week. Oh, they were oh. again, right? I mean, when I say a mess, I'm not talking a Bitcoin mess. I'm talking stock market mess. Our JSE was down five percent. Luckily, the rand is still fairly strong. Trading around 12 to the US dollar, but we all know that that's got more to do with politics than yeah. anything else, right? Um, everyone's very excited and waiting to see what's going to happen at the emergency, another emergency NEC today. Yes. Um, so I think you'll probably see the RAND strengthen a bit more today. And what happens when the RAND strengthens is the bond market strengthens. But part of the reason for last week's market correction, as we are now calling it, I'm calling it a bloodbath. Everyone else is calling it a market correction. Well, see, the whole correction term became popular with cryptocurrencies because people were going, oh, you know, like you think on a, on a broader scheme of things, oh, you've been using it and you know what it is. But people like to say correction because it sounds smart. Oh, I see. And it and it sounds like it'll but, bounce back. Exactly. Ah, a, yes. a, a bloodbath is a horrible thing to say, Anthea. Yeah, but last week the market was down 3.8%. I mean, the week before, last week down 5 For me, that's a bloodbath. Well, <laughs> I've lost 10% of my money. Exactly. It's in the red. Mm-hmm. But I think what why we can use correction with the stock market is because historically the stock market does tend to go up. Yes. Whereas with Bitcoin, we don't have that history, right? Well, so no, we will see. Speculatory, I think, is the word you use. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. In fact, it was so bad last week that the VIX, or what we call the volati- volatility index, and what I often refer to even on the show as the fear index, because mm-hmm. it spikes when the market is nervous. It's like gold. People rush to buy volatility. So for some reason... The market corrects sharper than it goes higher. So it will move up slowly, slow, tick up slowly. And then when it corrects, it'll be sharp and sudden. And invariably that causes volatility or higher volatility. And so this VIX index, which normally trades in the mid to low teens, was up at 50 last week. And so you can only imagine some people were trying to short this. It's a difficult index to trade because you really are just trading volatility, um, which Basically, the I don't want to sound like an idiot, but it, it's the standard deviation, the def, like how quickly things move up and down. It is impossible that you could ever sound like an idiot ever. Oh, thanks, my buddy. Not plausible. Well, there you go. Then it's the square root of the standard deviation of the index. Ah, All right, moving along. Go. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Oil as well was down 3% last week, and that's that's a little bit surprising because OPEC released numbers last week that showed that production is actually lower. U.S. inventories are low, so you would expect a higher oil price. And it seems, remember, um, not even last year. Yes, it was last year, mid-last year. 
all the OPEC countries and even the non-OPEC countries were saying that they were going to cut production so that they could keep the oil price higher. And it did actually work. And then for some reason last week, the oil price came down. But I think that's got more to do with the fact that people are worried about the global economy and just just running away from assets, basically. You know, it was a really nervous week last week. So what are you anticipating this, so, this week this to week? look like with the whole political um, thing in still ongoing, still hanging over people's heads. So I think global markets have settled down a little bit. Japan was closed this morning, but Asia's trading slightly stronger. I think if we, how can I say this, get our way with the president leaving, um, the RAND will strengthen and the market should be a bit stronger following global markets. So hopefully it'll be a better week, my belly. Okay. I hope. Fingers crossed. And then we have to talk about the South African-style, Viceroy-style report that was released Uh, last week. What's been happening with that? Because last Monday I hinted or I gave you a heads up that everyone was talking about this report that may be released. It was finally released on Friday. So it's a report by a hedge fund called 361. It's in, in... First of all, it's anonymous, in inverted commas, because there's no branding on it. And secondly, in inverted commas, it was leaked. (laughs) So so it had no branding. We don't know where it came from, but we all know it was 361. Okay. Um, so the report was on a couple of listed companies on the JSE, starting with the two top companies, Resilient and Fortress. They own each other cross holdings as well as two other um, large property com- listed property companies, Nepi Rock Castle and Green Bay. And basically the report is alleging a whole lot of things. They're saying firstly, because the holding companies hold shares in the underlying companies, the net asset values have been incorrectly um, calculated and therefore these shares are trading at a premium which they shouldn't be trading at. Now, we all know most of the time when we have a holding company that holds into other companies like Nuspers, for example, they tend to trade at a discount. The other one we always talk about is Raynet, which holds British American tobacco, uh, always trading at a discount. Nuspers, in fact, by the way, last week was down to below 3,000 rand a share and is now trading at a 40% discount to its NOV. Back to these resilient or, or, or property reports, and they're saying that the shares should be trading a whole lot lower. Now, part of the problem when you see a report like this with property stocks is the reason property stocks grow is because when they trade at a premium, they can issue new shares and use the money that they raise to buy more buildings, buy more assets, uh, buy more shares in other companies. So this really puts a dampener on their ability to acquire or to grow. The second thing that they have said is that this report has said, in inverted commas, <laughs> this anonymous leaked report has said, that there is illegal trading going on because, yeah. Hmm, yeah, and this is the big thing, because there are BE structures within the resilient Nepi Rock Castle, Fortress BE, and Green Bay um, structures, which are really being controlled by top management in each of these companies and that they've said that there's been excessive trading ahead of results presentations. So there you go. And there was a second report by another company that was released, branded on Friday, pretty much agreeing to all of this and saying, nope, this is absolutely right. We agree. 
uh, resilient should not be trading where it's trading. And so I think you'll see those shares come down again today. I mean, this is huge. Our property sector is not that big. And South African investors tend to love property shares because if you're a REIT, uh, uh, what, is, what does it stand for again? Real Estate Investment Trust. You actually, which means you're a listed property company, you actually have to pay out between 75 and 90% of earnings to shareholders as dividends. So, South African investors love it. It's like a great dividend payer. As we say, we love cash in hand. It's better than waiting for capital growth. So I think there'll be a lot of disappointed people again today because of oh, this yeah. report. Uh, Investec. Okay. You, you, forget it. You've had enough of property. <laughs> Let's talk about Investec who now have two CEOs. So yeah, so I was going to ask that because I know two captains doesn't work in sport. What's the theory behind two CEOs? Is that because of such a diverse offering of, of a bank <laughs> slash investment firm? Um, no. So the two CEOs, so Stephen Kosser, basically the man behind Investec, is stepping down, as is right. Brian Cantor, and they are being replaced, not Stephen Kosser, the CEO. He's being replaced, not by one, but by two. Hendrik Dutoy and Fani Titi. And they've come under a bit of criticism because one is white and one is black. And so the question is... I'm guessing Hendrik the toy is white. Bye, That's friend. a big assumption. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, no. It. <laughs> it's the other guy, Ben. Yes, us. You and your assumptions. Oh, yeah. Um, so business leadership South Africa have come out and said, why must we always do this? They're not the first company to do this, by the way. In 2013, mm. Standard Bank did exactly the same with Ben Kruger and Sim Shabalala. And guess what? It didn't actually work. Although with Standard Bank, when they said Ben and Sim were going to be joint CEOs, they actually said Ben has got these skills, Sim has got these skills, and together they will make a great leader for this great big bank of ours. And it's a global bank and, and, and. The problem with Investec is that actually neither Henrik or Fani are – have been like qualified in – like they haven't qualified what they're going to do. And so the question is, did they appoint Fani Titi because he's black and appoint Henrik Dutoy because they then didn't want to lose him? And of course, so as I was saying, business leadership South Africa have come out and said, and I can't remember the exact quote, but we have to stop this nonsense because basically we're saying that black people will never graduate as leaders of big companies. And there you go. I mean, I, I don't know. I like, I have so many opinions on this. I am not a huge fan of BE. I think it undermines people and their skills. I mean, I don't think that running a corporate should be judged on skin color or gender, said the colored woman. Um, um, so yeah, I, I think this is a difficult one. At the same time, are we not saying you have to do something about the fact that you don't have enough black and female people in top leadership positions in companies? So there you go. Well, maybe you just don't want them. What do you mean you don't don't want? Who's them, my buddy? No. <laughs> Where is this going? <laughs> no, I mean maybe you genuinely don't want women in your company. Isn't isn't that what the problem is? Is what people want and don't want. Um, I'll tell you. In I, my I mean, I, I, and I understand when people get forced to adapt, but at the end of the day, are you changing what they want or not? Like maybe you just want certain people in your companies, and it doesn't matter what gender or skin color they are. 
or it does matter? Well, okay. so is that the question? Is that <laughs> Next <laughs> time on Discussions with Vali and Anthea, things get <laughs> heated. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, there's a good point to be made for diversification at boards and CEOs, executive levels. Absolutely. Right? I mean, like everybody knows that. Yes, everybody knows that. But what do people actually believe and want yeah, at the end so of the day is, yeah. is what I'm saying. So what you shouldn't be doing is forcing people into making these decisions, but rather educating them on the fact that diversity makes a big difference mm. and is beneficial. Should we I leave agree. it there? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've <Okay>. Googled enough. <laughs> I've put in that. What else do we want to talk about today, Ben? Disney's report, shall well, we? Well, I was going to say, because of the bloodbath, obviously there are always going to be a few boats that go down in a, in a low tide. And, uh, <laughs> mixed but, metaphors, what? mixed market metaphors. How long, did, 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 how long have you been marinating on that one for, Ben? Since Anthea started? 0.003 of a second. Okay. But we've been talking about Disney for quite some time. Obviously, when, if a Star Wars comes out, we talk about Disney. But Disney are a company that are, I mean, Mickey Mouse, talking about CEOs. He will not be a joint CEO with anybody. <laughs> he is one cutthroat mother who, wow. who definitely is taking this company in the right direction because their results are later being fantastic. So they actually missed consensus earnings for what the market was expecting, but the House of Mars <laughs> reported that after two quarters of consecutive decline in earnings, their revenue is finally growing. So yes, everyone's very excited. The problem, of course, is things like streaming, um, where Disney owns all these cable networks. They haven't been doing so well. Everyone's very excited about the new product, ESPN. They're also very excited about their acquisition of some of the 21st century media assets. So that should add to the bottom line. So, yeah, revenue was up 4%, mostly thanks to, believe it or not, Parks and Resorts is the big earner for right. Disney still after all this time. Like, wow. Uh, yeah. So Maybe because I don't have kids, I don't think of it. No, it was also, I mean, Anthea, the, the, the creeps are finding it very hard to go to those municipal parks. So when they pay admission to go there, there's some... Ben, or it could just oh, be sorry. the actual Do- foot traffic <coughs> wow. going through the resorts every single day. I would love to know Maybe. what Disney's footprint looks like in, in terms of those parks and resorts. I mean, I have, n- I have no idea how many they are in which parts of the world, but there must be tons, right? Mm. Millions of people go through there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you you know, the greatest, one of the greatest things about those resorts is apparently within minutes of you, like, I think it's two minutes of you dropping a piece of paper, someone would have picked it up. Mm. So everybody in the resort apparently is geared to picking up litter. Like there's no litter in the Disney resorts. Hmm. Anyway, they made $15.35 billion last quarter. Oh, mm. well, you know. They're doing Just something right. marinate. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And then the last thing I think we should talk about very quickly. Sorry, Mm Sia. Now I'm really cutting into your time. Is Christo Visser, because he has sold most of his holdings in Steinoff. He now owns a mere 6.5% of his own company. Mm. I know. Very scary. In fact, Steinhoff have now said that they're not going to be paying dividends. You know, they still have not released their financial year results, which was due January sometime, I think. And they're still investigating all the way back to 2015. We haven't heard any more, and we wait. I mean, there are banks, apparently, European banks mostly, like there was HSBC, I know, was in that list. JP Morgan, which is an American bank, was in that list, um, that they still owe 500 million euros to. That's a lot of money. Yeah. You, don't, you don't just find that somewhere. 
And you then just you ask someone for that. And then you wonder why they're not paying dividends because they don't have the cash to pay you dividends. So he now only owns s- s- just over six percent of his company. But how many of the horses made it? No, that's Marcus Sjöster. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that not one, Christo Visa? Let, let's take one man. Oh, at a sorry, time. I've got my moguls confused. <laughs> <laughs> my Fair bad. Enough. Yeah. Well, apparently Marcus was in Argentina in December and November selling off those horses. Ah. That's that's what I've heard. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. And and as many and of course you know Christo sold off billions of rands, not just of Steinoff, but also of Shoprite in December. Mm. So the man really is delevering and. Um, Trying to raise some liquidity, trying to find cash to pay back. But someone as, as experienced as Marcus, sorry, Christophe, he must have, uh, like, this whole Steinhoff thing, I know we haven't got time to go into this, but he, he must have known there's some skullduggery on the go here. Ben, honestly. I mean, this, is, it's, this is a billionaire. Billionaires aren't dumb. No, this is true. And so everyone always asks me, do you think Christophe knew? And it's really hard to say because actually, when all of this happened, when you saw it happening, before all of this happened, what Christo was doing was actually transferring most of his assets into Steinoff. And part of it was that he was externalizing capital because, you know, Steinoff is listed in Frankfurt. Yep. Yeah. And as a, what do you call them? Quad billionaires. <laughs> we don't know. We don't, we yeah. don't know those words. Not my tax bracket, not my vocabulary. <laughs> Um, you can't just, or in Christo's case, you probably can just carry a suitcase through the airport. Um, but but um, you can't just send cash offshore. So a lot of people were saying he's putting his money into Steinoff so that he could externalize his money. But uh, would he have done it if he knew that Steinoff was going to go this way or that there was trouble coming? I mean, you wouldn't, right? You mm. wouldn't put your billions into – he's got other vehicles. He had Star. He had ShopRite. He had so many vehicles, Brait, to choose from. Why choose the one where there's fraud? So if if Marcus Yester and Christo Visa were to work, walk into a bar, would there be a fistfight? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've we got, we got to cut it off there. I mean, Justice already in studio. It feels like a traffic jam of awesome people yeah, today. Today is the day, hey? We've also got uh, Rich Mulholland joining mm. us later this morning. It's a full house. I know. And then Gareth gets back tomorrow. It really is. It's like... It's, Thanks, Anthea. That was Thank that was you. Anthea with the money shot. If you want to catch all of Anthea's um, insights, worldly understandings of the financial markets and great mixed metaphors, then uh, cliffcentral.com. She's got her own feature there, her own segment there. This is cliffcentral.com.